Ah, evening, everybody. Oh, what a week. What a week. I got a bunch of stuff to share with you. Um, so, as of uh, last week, uh, some of you know, I, or maybe week before, I uh, quit my job. And it was probably one of the most unnerving, scary things I've had to do for a while. Because I've worked at this place for, God, you know, seven, eight years. Knew everybody, knew the owners. The owners were super nice people, but you guys heard all the bullshit I was dealing with. I just, I just couldn't take it anymore. Especially, you know, with my, you know, dropping weight and all that other kind of bullshit. So, what I ended up doing was um, found another job, quit that job, and then started a new job. My new job started Monday, and I basically hit the ground running. And the cool thing is, is that um, with me. Um, you know, starting this new job, I was bringing, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year uh, worth of, on a company and running their IT department. And now I'm going to this new place and, you know, they're a tiny little place and I've got all this experience. And so when I said, hey, I'm seeing all this shit that you're running into. These are all the mistakes we made. Here's what we're doing, blah, blah. Great. Hit the boss up. Here's what I think we should do. And he was like, fuck yeah, dude. You're the fucking best. So I'm like, oh, this is great. This is going to work out. So there was that. Then, so, you know, I went in and uh, um, I was talking around. I was getting my apartment building, you know, dialed in, you know, getting some minor things fixed. But uh, an interesting opportunity kind of dropped in my lap, and I figured I'd talk about it. <clears throat> now, everybody knows I'm a big, big stand-up comedy fan. Um, been watching comedy since about 19, late 80s, you know, probably 88, 89, somewhere in there. Really got into it with, uh, with uh, Kennison and a few other comics. Um, loving current comics as well. You know, you know the usual big names like, you know, Dave Chappelle and uh, Bill Burr and things like that. But I'm also some of the, the smaller comics who you may not necessarily know. Like uh, right now, um, a guy that I really like, his name is Kyle Kinane. Um, love the guy. He's criminally underrated. If you like dirty comedy, um, but uh, you know, kind of a uh, kind of an intelligent uh, twist on things, go see that guy. Well, <clears throat> that said, I got an interesting opportunity to buy a comedy club. Um, I was looking around for my next buy on a on a piece of property. To found a, a website that actually sells businesses. Um, looked around, um, didn't see anything, made some phone calls, and all of a sudden the idea of this comedy club dropped in my lap. And not going to give out too many details of it right now because I don't have many details to give away, but the idea of a comedy club has been with me for a pretty long time. Um, probably about, God, I want to say like five years ago, maybe even ten. I was online, I was on Reddit, and... I was talking to a comedian named Steve Hofstetter, and uh, you'd actually recognize him if you went on to uh, YouTube and did a search for, like, Comedian Destroys Heckler, you know, things like that. Real nice guy. Um, don't agree with his politics, but, you know, that, is, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. But anyways, I was interested in opening a uh, comedy club here in, um, in my area where I'm at. Problem with it, though, is that there was already an established comedy club here that was really doing a great job and we had another comedy club that just kind of sucked. And so I was like, well, if I come in here with another comedy club, you know, I may get just get my fucking teeth kicked in. So I, I kind of threw that idea away after talking with Steve. Um, we were talking about what it really truly means to 
uh, to run a comic club. He's telling me all the back end stuff, all the good, the bad, the ugly, all that. And it was going to be a pretty expensive endeavor. It was going to cost me a couple million dollars. So at the end, I just kind of gave up on the idea. thought nothing of it. Until this week. Then this week rolled around, and all of a sudden, this opportunity fell in my lap. And it was affordable. And I was honestly shocked by that. I was looking at this going, there's got to be something wrong. You know, I mean, the the price was right the 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 size was right the revenue was right um i'm waiting you know for next next week when the uh when the um, owner's rep is going to give me a call and give me you know statistics identify the property location all that kind of jazz and one thing that i'm really kind of excited about is i think i know the place and if it is the place that i think of i am absolutely interested in it um the reason for that is because when I go to a comedy club or any club, I'm interested in a good time, right? And if I'm there to see somebody perform, I want that person to be to be famous, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be like a world famous, you know, like a Dave Chappelle or anything like that. But I want it to be somebody that if I saw their name, I went, oh yeah, I know that person. That that's true for music, comedy, or any other performing art that I go to. Um, you know, if I go to a venue and it's, I know it's going to be a music venue. I'd like to be it. To, I'd like it to be a band that I've heard of before, or a band that I've followed. You know, so if it's this place um, that I'm thinking it might be, um, it's got a pretty nice uh, level of comedians. Um, I looked on there and I recognized 80% of the comedians there. Now, you know, to be fair, this may not necessarily be the place, and if it isn't, that's fine. But I don't know, it's just something that I kind of looked at, and then of course, because I would be pretty far away, uh, you know, running a club takes a lot of work. You know, when you're running clubs, you know, you got to be there, you got to make sure that everything's running right, you got to make sure everybody's, you know, on the up and up, and on and on and on. Um, but, like I say, it, you know, something may come of it, something may not come of it. But, I don't know, I just, I, I'm, I'm at a point now where, you know, the business is starting to take off you know my my real estate is starting to be stabilized you know my financial situation is being stabilized you know on and on and on and for those of you that are interested in kind of building up a little bit of wealth you know let me give you a couple bits of advice um first thing you're gonna want to do save every fucking dollar you can i don't care if you got to have a flip phone for another year i don't care if you got to live with your five fucking roommates or go move back in with your mom whatever save your fucking money Get a relationship with a bank. Find that banker. Give him everything that you need to give him. Make sure you take care of every little dot. You know, you dot every I and you cross every T. Because this motherfucker will make or break your entire financial wealth. I've got a banker guy. Super nice guy. Knows what the fuck he's doing. Happy's, happy to get me going. I make sure I take care of him. I make sure that if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. I make sure that if a bill comes, I get it paid immediately. Even if it means that, you know, sometimes I got to take money out of my own personal. Um, it's taken me a good 10 years to get to where I'm at. I see a lot of people, they go, oh, you know, I put in $10,000. I should be able to make it into, you know, $50 million inside of a year. It doesn't work that way. You know, everybody saw the whole GameStop, you know, um, uh, stock thing shoot through the roof. And you saw some people who legitimately made a lot of money. That doesn't happen in the real world. You know, you might have a handful of people. You may even have a lot of people. But as a rule, 
just doesn't happen. So if you get that mindset out of your out of your system, if you get the idea in your head that you're gonna take your money, you're gonna invest, 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 you get some profit, you reinvest, you take the spare money you got from your personal, you invest that, you basically you're constantly reinvesting. Um, go online, look at those compounding crowd calculators uh, out there. You can make, you know, when you when you see the kind of money that you can make, you just kind of look at it and go, oh my god. So, anyway, I uh, I was looking at a couple of things with that and thought to myself, you know, if I, I should take care of this bank guy. You know, he he's a really smart guy. He really was taking care of me. When I went to buy my first apartment building, you know, I was right on the cusp of being approved or maybe not approved, you know, kind of depending on which way the wind blew. And he, you know, helped guide me through everything. And because we had such a good relationship, the guy really fucking took care of me. I mean, you know, bankers, there's no there's no mystery of a banker. Banker will tell you exactly what they need. Hey, I need you to come at me with X. I need you to get me this piece of paper. I need you to get me a personal financial statement. I need you to get me all these things. So it's not like it's a, not like it's a fucking uh, relationship with a woman. With a woman, you gotta fucking guess sometimes, you know. With a banker, they're like, no, this is what I need, and he got me my loan. And so, what do I do? I make sure the motherfucker's taken care of. You know, when he got me the deal closed on my apartment building, what's the thing I did? I found a uh, super high-end uh, uh, steakhouse where he lived. I got him a $250 gift card, sent it his way. Told him, take your old lady out. You've been, you know, super nice with me. You know, get yourself a nice bottle of wine, you know, a nice dinner on me. Thank you. I didn't have to do that. I didn't have to do any of those things that, you know, I did. I made sure that I talked to his boss. I made sure to say, hey, man, this guy is just great. He's taking care of everything. On and on and on. I didn't have to do that. But he's now taking care of refinancing my property, giving me a lower rate and, you know, slightly longer term. Saves me about 1000 a month. But he's taking care of all those little things. Why? Because he knows that I keep my end of the bargain. I make sure that I'm taking care of making the payments, making sure that he's got all the updated financials. He's got all the other little goodies that he needs. So if you want that little bit of advice, if you want to build any kind of wealth, go to a bank, find a bank that fits your needs and have a strong relationship with them. You be as open and honest as possible with them. You make sure that anything that they ask of you, you do it, and it should be yes, sir, no, sir. You will not make wealth overnight. It just doesn't happen. That is basically a luck of a draw. If you get, if you see somebody who said, oh, I invested in Bitcoin when it was $3, that's a fucking luck of the draw. It doesn't happen on a regular basis. You're going to get it by investing, starting small, and reinvesting your profit, reinvesting your profit. Even asshole, you know, when he was, uh, when I told him I was going to invest in real estate, he told me I was going to lose my ass, you know, and history, you know, you kind of think, well, maybe I will, you know, but I had educated myself on what I was investing in and I was making sure that what it was, what I was doing was, had a solid foundation. Let me take you back. In 2009, I got a divorce and it was financially devastating to me. I was living in the house that I'm living in now, and I've told the story a little bit, bits and pieces. My house payment at the time was $1,700 a month. I was pulling in $2,300 a month for salary. All right, this is 10, 12-ish years ago. All right, I could not afford to live here. I mean, there's just no two ways about it. But 
pride was kind of fucking with me a little bit. And it was like, don't lose your house, man. What the fuck are you doing? Don't lose your goddamn house because this stupid cunt wants to walk around behind your back, you know? Fuck that. So I looked at my 401k one day, and I had about $30,000 in there. And I was saving about 80 bucks every check, right? And I was looking at it going, you know, they keep the 401k I kept saying man just just keep reinvesting he says when you go to retire you're gonna have a hundred thousand dollars in your account and I went okay and I bought into it because I didn't think much of it and then I got to thinking one day I'm like wait a minute that's a hundred thousand dollars in 30 fucking years a hundred thousand dollars isn't gonna cover shit a hundred thousand dollars in 30 years is like twenty five thirty thousand dollars now even if even if it's you know fifty thousand dollars now if I gave you $50,000 and said, hey, I need you to retire on this, you'd laugh at me. So that's when I decided to kind of investigate investing on myself. And then took that money, went to a bank um, after I had you know, uh, educated myself on real estate for a very, very long time. And you know, talked to a bunch of people, um, you know, made sure that you know, I listened. I took huge amounts of notes. Um, and I cashed out my 401k and it was the scariest fucking thing I had done up until that point. I mean, give you an idea. Imagine taking your entire retirement account. This is your nest egg that's supposed to last you once you retire. You take your entire nest egg and you basically bet it all. The difference was though, is that this was an informed decision. This wasn't a, uh, bet it on black. Let's see what happens, you know? I know Wesley Snipes tells us we should do that. So, <laughs> so I went in, found a place, liked it, signed the documents, the whole nine, walked out of the, the uh, title company, and I literally walked out of the front door. The, you know, it was a nice sunny day, the whole nine, and my first thought was, oh my fucking God, what did I just get myself into? And walked to the car and was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, because I was still making only 2300 a month, right? This was basically when everything was kind of imploding, but the banks were kind of panicking a little bit. They were still giving loans, but they were making it jump through a few hoops and on and on and on. So I paid a shit ton of money in tax to take my money out of my 401k, and I basically bet the rest on this one property. And whenever I got some money, you know, for the profit, I would reinvest it. I would put it off to the side. I would make sure I had a nice little nest egg for repairs and things like that. Um, and then I just used that money to buy another rental and buy another rental and buy another rental. And it sucked. Oh my God, did it suck? You know, it, it, there were plenty of times where I wanted to take that month that month profits and go buy something cool. You know, there were times where I wanted to, you know, say, man, you know, I make a couple hundred bucks a month off of this place. You know, maybe I go buy me a new car. And if I buy me a new car. You know, my, my profit from this place will pay for that car. I'll have a brand new car, you know, ready to go. And, it, you know, the payment will be paid by this. And, you know, I really wanted to do that. But I didn't. And the reason why was because, two reasons. First reason was, well, what happens if I have a major repair? Like, the furnace fucking dies. Well, there's $3,000, right? And then the other one was, well, what happens if the place is empty? You know, tenant calls me up and says, hey, man, great knowing you. I'm moving out. I'm big, moving on to bigger and better places. Now I've got a car payment and a fucking mortgage. So I didn't do that. I was rolling around in my 
at the time, eight-year-old Honda Civic with, you know, a billion fucking miles on it. You know, it was a reliable car. Don't get me wrong. Honda built a damn fine car, <laughs> and uh, which can actually take a hell of a beating. That's another story. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I basically sat down and, you know, sucked it up, you know, had a cell phone that, you know, I wanted to replace. Um, this is, you know, I mean, I think I had... I forget what the phone I had. I had just a piece of shit phone. I was turning off my lights all around my house to save money. Um, I was eating fucking, you know, oat, you know, one package of oatmeal and a six-inch sub from Subway. Um, and then whatever the fuck I had for, for dinner, you know, I had maybe, maybe a thousand calories uh, a day, which is bad. There's pictures of me around that time frame, and I am skinny as fuck. I am norm, normally not a skinny man. So... That's what you really need, though, in when you're investing, all right? It's going to suck at the beginning. Don't get me wrong. It absolutely sucks. You're going to sit there. You're going to look at that money coming in. You're going to go, you know, I, I, I could take this money right now, and I could do some cool shit with it. Whether that be you buy the latest iPhone, you buy a fucking Xbox One, or whatever the fuck you want to do, right? Those are the kind of thoughts you got to get out of your head. You gotta have drive. You gotta have discipline. You gotta see five years, ten years down the road. Now, let me explain to you the real financial impact of those decisions that I made. I took $30,000 in 2011. I put the bid in in April of 2011. I didn't get, uh, I didn't close until October because it was a short sale, but that's neither here nor there. Basically, the bank or the guy who I was buying it from owed more than what he owed to the bank. And the bank basically had to go back and forth and figure something out. Anyway, in 2011, I took $30,000 and I bought a property. Right Now, if I had left that money alone, that money would probably be worth forty, maybe $50,000. Right? So, let's say I had a good run and now I'm worth $50,000. Right? For if I left it in the 401k. That $30,000 that I took 10 years ago is now more than a half a million dollars. I'm fast approaching $700,000. It's like six hundred and some change right now, just in pure equity, right? That's because I've been reinvesting, reinvesting, reinvesting. Calculated out, it comes out to something like, I think I calculated out at the time, it was something like 32% of my money year over year over year you will never get those kind of returns from a 401k. It just doesn't fucking happen, all right? The, the basic financials of this, let me, let me set you down, set you up to, you know, a, an example property, all right? You look back east, you find a piece of property, right? Let's say it's $100,000 for round numbers, right? You go to the bank, you say, I want this property, and they say, cool, no problem. You now have, uh, uh, you're into the property for $25,000 because you got to put your 25% down. There's closing costs and miscellaneous things, so we'll call it an even $30,000, right? Of that $30,000, you are now renting this place out for, say, 1000 a month, right? Just keep, keep things uh, uh, just keep things simple. Probably be closer to 1200 but we'll just pretend it's 1000 a month, right? So you're going to have a mortgage, you're going to have taxes, you're going to have insurance, those things are going to be roughly, we'll say five, maybe six hundred dollars a month. Let's say six hundred, right? Just be a little on the conservative side. That 
money goes into a bank or goes into you know paying off all those things but if it's six hundred dollars a month you're making four hundred dollars a month off of your uh, off of your investment right so let's figure that out real quick all right so you're making forty eight hundred dollars a year divide that by the thirty thousand dollar investment that you have you're making sixteen percent on your money right that's called cash flow that is what you are making just in cash right money coming in money going out it's all you know right however here's where it gets real interesting that property goes up in value every year we'll say that goes up five percent again to keep things nice and round right some places I've seen some places go up seven eight percent I've seen some go up as little as three percent but let's just pretend for five for fuck's sake five percent right so the first year you have uh, a place worth $105,000, right? So now you've got, excuse me, you have a $105,000 piece of property. You owe $30,000, or you owe $70,000, so we'll minus out our uh, $70,000 that we have, right? So now you are at $35,000, right, that you have in there, right? So an extra $5,000 is what you've made, right? Because you, you, the place went up 5%. All right? So you take that $5,000 plus that $4,800, right? So that's $9,800. So you divide that $30,000 initial investment divided by the $9,800. Guess what? You're now making 32.6% on your money. That's what I'm talking about. You're making money without doing a goddamn thing. You've put down money. Maybe you've got a decent property manager. You get yourself a little system going that works for you. But in the, under that scenario, with appreciation, with paying down the and the other thing is that's also paying down your mortgage. So you're that that forty eight hundred dollars that you're getting coming in for the for the for the cash flow, the actual cash flow that's in your pocket. Part of the the money that comes in, part of the six hundred dollars that your your of your expenses is going towards paying down the mortgage, so you're probably making like thirty three ish percent on your money. You know, at the beginning of the of the loan, it's always you know wacky and all that, but you see my point here. The point is that you're making money in a number of ways. Think about it like this: you have people who get up in the morning, shower, shave, get up early in the morning, do whatever. They drive to work. They're dealing with traffic. They're dealing with a ship boss. They're dealing with all those kind of fun things, right, that everybody else does. And then what do they do? They drag their ass back through traffic. They come home. They plop their ass on the couch. They sit. They eat their dinner. And what do they do with the money they earned? They give it to you. So that they can do it again and it sounds cold it sounds heartless but this is how you gain real wealth you can absolutely start your own business you can absolutely do a bunch of cool things you could buy you know the next you know Amazon or Microsoft you know in terms of stock investments you could even go so far as to get the next Bitcoin or GameStop stock however on things like this that not guaranteed. Don't get me wrong. Nothing's guaranteed. But on something that is as solid as real estate, having numbers like this 
getting a 32.6% return on your investment. It just is unheard of with as reliable as this is. You always want to make sure you get into a decent place. You always want to make sure you get into a decent neighborhood. You find the right price, blah, blah. Make sure you work out the numbers. But invest in yourself. Invest in your, your retirement. Invest for your family. Invest so that you can afford the kind of retirement that you want. Because there was a number of things that happened in my life that made me get to this point. The first one was obviously the 401k and looking at it going, God, this fucking sucks, you know. The second one was my grandfather. My grandfather was every fucking stereotype. World War II vet, went to work for a company, worked there 30 years, got retired, pension plan, grandkids, buy an RV, travel America, blah, 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 right? Grandpa had less than $200,000 to his name the day he died, back in 2013. That included his house. He had nothing. His entire retirement was get up in the morning, whenever he felt like it, go into the kitchen, grab a cup of coffee, dunk in 50 fucking scoops of sugar because that's how he liked it, go into the kit, go into the uh, dining room, kiss Grandma on the cheek, walk into the living room, sit down, kick on the TV, and watch TV until it was time to go to bed. And that was his entire retirement. If he wanted to go to, say, South Dakota, which is where a lot of family members were, he had to save money to go there. We're talking fucking South Dakota. This is nothing. You should be able to just fucking pick up and go. But this poor prick had to fucking save his money for that, and that's not what it's about. What retirement should look like is you walk out of your office for the last time, they shake your hand, they, you know, exchange pleasantries, blah, blah, blah. When they do that, you should be able to walk out and not think twice about money. Obviously, you're not buying million-dollar fucking cars, and you're not, you know, buying, you know, $30 million mansions and shit like that. You've got a nice house. The mortgage is paid off. you got a nice car. It's paid off. you got a decent nest egg. You know, maybe you got a couple hundred thousand dollars in cash. You know, you got you know, some properties that are doing well, you know, it's all about growth. And the beauty part about this particular type of investment is there's not a lot to it, honestly. If I wanted to retire today, theoretically I could. There's a couple of things that would need to line up. I would have to have perfect tenants who pay in full and on time every month, and that sometimes doesn't happen. I'd have to have no repairs, which that doesn't happen either. So... But for, for the amount of work that I do on my real estate is insignificant. I can run absolutely every fucking bit of my real estate empire inside of a day. Maybe two if I've got to do some coordination. Like, for example, I had a uh, plumber who called me up and said, Hey, man, uh, we need to get uh, this pipe replaced. All right, sucks, but whatever. The whole point of this entire discussion, though, is what are you doing for you? What are you doing to make sure that when that day comes, whether you're 65, 70, 75, or even 55, what are you doing that's going to make it so that you can go and say, I don't want to work. I don't have to work. I'm just going to go ahead and do whatever the fuck I want to do. That's the kind of thing that you want to think about. You want to think about growth. You want to think about how can I do better? How can I make more money? How can I do all these things? Don't make it an obsession. 
absolutely do not make it an obsession. But having enough drive to make it so that you don't have to work ever again is incredibly tempting. I cannot tell you how tempting it is to look at my normal monthly statement from my, my property manager and from my single family places that I own. Look at them and go, you know, I don't want to work. I really don't. I, I don't like the idea of work. You know, I like the idea of getting up, fucking around on the computer, playing stupid video games, you know, maybe uh, surf the internet for a little bit, you know, fuck my old lady, send my kid off to school and be on my merry little way. I like the idea of that. But I can't do that if, you know, i got to make a living. You know, if I've got a mortgage to pay, if I've got all these other things. And I say I'm probably around five years away from that being a realistic goal. Where I can look at my properties, I can say, yep, i got enough coming in. Because in my line of work, being in IT, if I'm out for a significant amount of time, it's game over for me. You know, I'll be so far removed from... You know, the IT world with skills and technologies and shit like that, it just, it's just not worth it. And all of this can apply to you as well. Maybe you got a shit job, you know. Maybe you're working at Taco Bell, you know, you're making nothing an hour and you're thinking, fuck you, man, you know, I can't save $10,000, $100,000. You're right. Not working that job, you're absolutely right. What's preventing you from doing, say, getting a roommate? All right. Now you've locked your monthly expenses in half. Now instead of spending a thousand dollars a month on rent or whatever the fuck your rent is, now you're spending five hundred. Alright? Now instead of the electric bill being a hundred bucks a month, now it's fifty bucks a month. Okay? What are you gonna do with all that extra cash? You know? You know, give you a little bit of breathing room, make it so you know, it's gonna suck. You're gonna have a roommate that you don't particularly care for. He's gonna bring home some random skank, he's gonna fuck her, he, you know, she's gonna stink up the place, you know, he's gonna you know, walk around with his dick hanging out, whatever, it's gonna suck. But you're not looking at the, it sucks now. What you're looking at is long term. You're looking at five years down the road, ten years down the road, whatever. You're looking so far down the road that you're thinking, you know, I'm planting the seed right now for my wealth down the line. I could easily, today, go buy a house that's 4,000 square feet, 4,000 square feet, and my lady, she keeps sending me that shit. Hey, check out this one on Zillow. Check out this one. And I'm looking and I'm like, I can fucking afford these. I can. I really can. And it's it's so neat to see these things. To go, wow, I can afford a house that looks like a fucking mansion when I was a kid. But now, I'm looking at it from a different perspective. I'm looking at it from the perspective of, well, if I do that, my fucking house payment's going to be three, dollars $4,000 a month. I could afford it. But then, I, that's less money for me to... You know, buy apartment buildings, buy comedy clubs, buy all the other cool things that generate me money. I don't want to buy a place like that and think, oh man, I may have to get a second job to to afford this. You know, I may have to do X, Y, and Z. No, I'm looking at it from the perspective of I'm doing, and here's a perfect phrase for any of you out there who are listening who may say, you know, I need a little bit of inspiration. You are living right now in ways that other people won't so that you can have a retirement and live like they can't. Now what do I mean by that? 
I mean, you're dealing with the suck right now. You're dealing with, oh man, I got a roommate. I got, I'm living in a place I don't particularly care for. I'm living in a neighborhood that's got fucking drug dealers and gunshot victims and shit like that. I'm dealing with shit fucking circumstances. However, I'm taking this as an opportunity to sell, to save tons of cash so that I can make that first investment so that I can work my way up. Then, the people that you know who are in a similar situation, maybe they live in a nicer house, maybe they drive a nicer car, maybe they have the latest game console or iPhone or whatever the fuck they keep buying, right? 10 years, 20 years down the line, you're going to have a very large amount of investments, you're going to have a cash flow coming in, you're going to have all these other things. They won't. And they're going to look back and they're going to say, oh fuck, you know what, You know how come you got so lucky? And that's the other thing. People that do that, they always tell you that you're lucky. You're not fucking lucky. You did your research, you did your homework, you played by the rules, you did everything right, so fuck them. If they want to tell you that you're lucky, and they want to believe that, let them. You and I both know it's not luck. You know that. You know that you saved your, your money. You know you busted your ass. You know you educated yourself. You took all the right moves and all the right risks, and it paid off for you. They didn't. They were laughing at you because you were rocking an iPhone 5 while they got an iPhone 12. You were living in a shitbox fucking apartment with three other roommates while they were living in a nice big house. And then fast forward, they got, you know, their situation hasn't really changed. They're looking at everything going, well, you know, I don't don't know. I don't know how he managed to get so much money, you know. I I guess it's it's just luck. It's always just luck with them. And here's the other thing that really fucking aggravates me. What they'll do is they'll go and they'll complain to politicians. And politicians are fucking weasels. Don't ever let you don't ever let them think you're they're anything but. They're fucking weasels. And what they do is they go out there and they say, Oh my god, there's income inequality. It's like, well, yeah, because this person invested their money. This person paid attention in school. This person, you know, did all these things. This other person didn't. And then they say, Well, we want free health care. We want free programs. We want this, 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 and this. And it's always somebody else paying for it. It's always somebody else who's got their fucking hand out. And it drives me up the goddamn wall. They all want to say, well, we'll just let the rich pay for it. And what do they do? These governments, they don't know what the fuck they're doing when it comes to spending. They just toss money left and right. When was the last time you heard a politician say, you know what? I want to do some really cool shit. How am I going to pay for it? I'm going to start cutting all the wasteful spending here and there, right? Because that's another thing you're going to have to learn. You're going to have to learn budgeting in your own fucking world. You're going to have to get into a position where you say, you know what? I am going to have a budget and I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to make sure that, you know, if, you know, I got a little bit of money saved aside that I can I can take care of anything if anything happens, whatever. But every fucking government agency, whether it be federal, state, or local, they all have wasteful spending. And they always talk about, well, we want something. We want free health care. That's the stuff that's in the news right now. We want universal health care. And you say, great, how are you going to pay for it? And they go, oh, well, we'll let the rich people pay for it. And when was the last time you ever saw a tax come in that didn't eventually trickle down to the ordinary person? When was the last time you saw somebody say, you know what? We got a shit ton of fucking waste. We got a shit ton of fucking fraud. If we just tighten the belts there, then we got enough money coming in. 
We've all seen the fucking news stories. You know, doctor gets busted for $100 million worth of fucking medical fraud. That shit should be a fucking life sentence. Should be a goddamn life sentence. If a doctor can fucking do medical fraud on Medicare for $100 million and he gets like a 5 or a 10 year sentence, I'll do 10 years for $100 million. You would too. You would absolutely fucking do it. But that's the problem. These politicians, they're fucking weasels. They've never ran a business a day in their life. Doesn't matter the political party, though. And don't, don't get me wrong one way or the other. There are some things that Democrats do good, and there are some things that Republicans do good. But all of them are fucking weasels. None of them have made a business, who've sacrificed, who built it from scratch, and then turned around and said, you know... I think I'm going to take this business that I built and I'm going to give away all of my money. No, they're not going to fucking do that. That's why you see these college students who come up and they say, oh, well, our money, our, our, um, what the fuck is our labor is being stolen. No, motherfucker. Your labor was paid for in your wages. And they always bitch. They say, and this uh, Alexandria Casio cortez cunt, she comes out and she says, oh, the workers don't need the owners as much as the owners need the workers. She's a fucking bartender. Nothing against bartenders, but she's never ran a fucking business. She doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. She supposedly has a degree in economics. And how could she be that goddamn stupid? And she is. She's a fucking retard. And so when I when I see this shit, I'm like, wait a minute. The owner is the one that went to the bank, and this is then I'll get on my little soapbox here. When I see people, and I'll use the homeless as an example, I've seen this a million times. Whenever I'm traveling around in Portland, Oregon, there's homeless people fucking everywhere because politicians can't get off their ass and do something about the homeless population. The homeless bug me and go, hey man, you got some money? No, I don't have some fucking money. I'm not giving you any fucking money. Why? Because I'm the one who earned it, you see. I'm the one that paid attention in school. I'm the one that got my teeth kicked in working for some shitbox company and earning experience and all that. I'm the one who drags my ass through through uh, traffic. I'm the one who deals with shit bosses in the past. Not necessarily my past job that I just quit. Those, those people were okay. I'm the one that worked the eight hours. I'm the one that dragged my ass back through traffic. I'm the one that paid taxes. I'm the one that did everything to make the money. And now you want me to give it away? Fuck you. I worked for it. It is my money. When somebody tells me the same thing about my properties that I have, they go, oh, you're a big-time property owner. No, I'm not a big-time property owner. But you go ahead and think that. Think that I'm a big-time property owner. Think that it was all luck. They want me to pay more money in tax. And you think I'm going to eat that tax? No. I'm going to pass that tax right down to my fucking tenants every goddamn dime. In fact, I had a conversation with one of my tenants about that. She asked why her rent was going up 50 bucks, 50 bucks a month. She was paying like 800 and some change, and she asked why it was going up 50 bucks. Great, let me go ahead and explain to you the economics of everything. And I showed her. I showed her every fucking expense that went up. In fact, my property taxes went up 30 bucks a month. And she went, why? Why is it going up that much? I says, well, you know when you vote for those stupid fucking bond measures, and they say, hey, we're going to charge X amount of dollars per thousand? She goes, yeah. I says, how the fuck do you think they get that money? Oh, Oh, I didn't think of that. You're right. You didn't think of that. So now that's why your rent's going up 50 bucks. Sorry, lady, but that's just the fucking way it is. So those same people want me to pay for shit for them. 
They don't want to work for it. They don't want to earn it themselves. The people that say we want the rich to pay for it, they're no fucking better than those fucking just piss ant fucking homeless people who just beg for money. I'm not talking about homeless people who just like their house burned down and they lost their job in the same fucking day and they, they want to get back on their feet. Those people, those aren't homeless people. Those aren't real homeless people. Real homeless people I'm talking about are fucking drug addicts who losers who set up fucking tents and camps. They do nothing but sit around and feel sorry for themselves. Those are the fucking cocksuckers I'm talking about. So when those people tell me they want free shit, when they want me to pay for it, no, I'm not fucking paying for it. I'm going to keep the money. You know why? Because I work my ass off for me and my family. Me and my family are going to live in a nice big house, drive nice fancy cars. My kid's going to go to a nice fucking school, probably MIT. He's a smart motherfucker. But I'm not going to give away my money just because you want to play some emotional bullshit. Oh, my God. We need meta. We need just we need, we need universal health care. Really? We need universal health care. Wasn't. You know, they because they come out with the same bullshit arguments. They say, well, you know, we, you know, some poor, and they do this thing where they trot out some poor fucking example where it's like, oh, this person right here, they got fucked for, you know, $500,000 in medical bills. No one should go for that. No one should have to go through that. Oh, my God. And you think, all right, here's the thing. That's emotional manipulation. You're showing one person, okay? And then the other thing is, you told us that shit like this wouldn't happen under Obamacare. You swore up and down Obamacare was going to take care of all this shit. Now, you come back and we say, and we point that out, and what's the first thing you say? Nah, oh, man, that bill wasn't perfect, you know. No bill's ever perfect. Like, nah, no, motherfucker. You shot your shot. You said you made a bunch of promises that were not fucking true. The people that objected, you called them racist. Let's not forget that fucking senator who said, who told Obama he was lying. Come, turn, come to find out, he was completely right. Obama was lying. But he came back and was called a racist and all this other fucking shit that wasn't true. And everybody said, Obamacare is going to fuck everybody. And it did. It fucked me for $23,000 when my boy was born. And yet, now they come back and they say, oh yeah, we need, we need to do this again. We need, to, we need to come up with a better plan. No. No. You know why? Because you can't even get your fucking fraud under control. You can't get fraud. You can't get waste. You can't get the basics under control. With the money that we give you already. And now you want to fuck another bite at the apple? You want to come back and say, hey, we can really fix it this time. We really mean it. Fuck you. You can't fucking get under control. If your child came to you and said, Dad, you give me $10 a week for allowance. And, you know, this this boy at school, he he lied to me and he told me that, uh, you know, that he was going to do some cool things with my money and I gave it to him and he just, he just stole it. I'm going to need another $10. You'd laugh at him. You'd tell him no. You'd tell him to go back to the, to the bully. You'd beat his fucking ass and you'd take your money back. But they don't do that. They expect you to come back and say, okay, son, here's another $10. That's what it boils down to. It's always everybody else's money. It's never about running things efficiently. So one of the things I needed to let you all know is when you're building your wealth, you never forget your wealth is for you and your family, if you so choose. But your wealth is for you. You're working your ass off 
to make sure that you're taken care of, right? Now, if you're one of those bleeding heart types and you say, you know what, I want to make sure that everybody's taken care of, cool, you do it. You pay for their medical care. You take care of things. You hand out the money. I don't want to do that. I want to live fairly nicely. I want to decide, hey, you know what, I want to go over to Europe this weekend. And I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to think, man, you know, I'd love to go to Europe and, and go see some, you know, cool historical sites and, you know, maybe visit Venice again, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to sit there and go, man, I'm just never going to be able to afford that. You know, why? Because, man, I got me a sweet fucking iPhone. No, no. If I told you that I was 65 years old and I was at retirement age and I had $10,000 to my name, one, it's wildly irresponsible. But what if I took you through my entire history of purchases I've made and things like that, right? What if I sat you down and said, listen, I only got $10,000. Yeah, I'm 65 years old. What do I do? Give me money, right? If you went through my, my uh, spending and you saw that I was going to McDonald's for every meal every fucking day, right? I was going to Starbucks every fucking morning grabbing a coffee. I hate coffee, but you get the point. That I bought every game console with every game, with every fucking iPhone, with every fucking little piddly luxury that everybody seems to not understand are luxuries. You'd tell me I was a fucking moron and you'd move on. And that's what you need. That's what everybody needs. They need somebody to tell them you're a fucking idiot, you're screwed up, and you're not going to have money when you retire. And yet, it's always coddling. There's, there, I, I'm fucking beside myself. I don't see parents pulling their kid aside and saying, listen, you better fucking knock your shit off or you're going to be screwed. It's always somebody else's fault. It's always somebody else that's going to pay for it. It's always somebody else. Think back. For those of you that are older, think back 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Some of you were there. Imagine you got in trouble at school and your parents had to be called to come get you. What's the first thing that your parents would typically say? I don't know about you, but mine would look at the teacher and say, what did he do? Meaning me. What did I do to screw up and get in trouble? And yet, too many instances, I'm seeing parents go in there and saying to the teacher, what did you do? Meaning the teacher. And there's never there's a disconnect there. It's always, you want to be the kid's friend. Don't be their friend, be their fucking parent. Tell them no. Show them there's consequences. You know, if you had real fucking consequences for people, I think that this place would be a lot different. I think we would be running a lot smoother. I mean, you see these things. Like the fucking congressman right now, Gates, Gates, whatever the fuck his name is. He get, he's getting, he's under investigation for fucking underage child sex trafficking. If, it, if he did it, fucking bury him under the prison. And yet, people are already going, well, I don't know, this, that, and the other. And to be fair... If he didn't do it, great. Move on. And whoever accused him of it, fucking bury them under the prison. But my point is is that all politicians have to do, or anybody, is just weather the storm. Shut your mouth, 
make sure everything is handled quietly if possible be on your merry little way we all fucking remember that the governor and the lieutenant governor did blackface in Virginia remember that story how it kind of went away there were no consequences because people said you need to resign and they said no nah, we're cool and if these were Republicans Democrats would be still fucking protesting but because these guys were Democrats there was a little bit of protesting but they didn't do anything they basically weathered the storm, waited for the heat to die down, and just went, yeah, cool, whatever. Fuck you. We're not going to do anything. So, if you want real wealth, if you want real success, you have to have discipline. You have to have drive. You have to be able to take responsibility one of the first things you should ask yourself if something goes wrong is, what did I do wrong? And that's something that I've done many times. Even when it's something that I haven't necessarily done myself, where it was just indirect action. What could I have done differently? And when you look at something like that, you're going to be in a spot where you can think, you know, if I now have that mindset, I'll be able to avoid these things in the future rather than blaming everybody else. So that's it. Make sure you are the one that's responsible for your success. And if you can do that, and you have discipline, and you have a plan, you'll make a shit ton of money, you'll retire nicely, and then, you know, if you die off, you know, with several million dollars, you donate it to a hospital, you know, make sure my name is on the wing, and, uh, you know, say as a thank you, you know. <laughs> so, anyway, uh next week I plan on having an asshole back on I was going to do it this it this evening um, but the evening kind of got away from me and by the time I chatted with him it was kind of a uh, well it's Easter and uh, or Easter Eve and uh, you know we're getting getting prepared for that so I was like alright fine so anyway uh, you make sure you have a good Easter and uh, we will uh, chat with you next week